Subhanallah. I remember once uh, one uh, big sheikh saying that there's various ways of driving luxury cars. One is you steal them. That's not a really good idea, but that's an option. You know. Another one is, I guess, you try to find a rich friend and you know, he lets you drive it. Uh, number three, you work hard and then you buy one. And number four, you just give everything up, focus on Allah and then somebody will drive you around in one of those. All of that is dunya. Every single one of them is dunya. Just some are better than others, some are worse than others. It's not Allah you're looking for. You're looking that, oh, that shaykh, he gets driven around in these luxury cars. I want to get that as well. Subhanallah. Can you see how that's just dunya at the end of the day? But it's in the guise of the deen. It looks like religion. It looks as a better option. You know, subhanallah. And this is just absolutely so true. Shaitan is there to, de to deceive. The nafs is there because the nafs loves these kind of things. You only reach Allah when these things, if they come, great. If they don't come, absolutely no problem. If come, you appreciate it. If they don't come, you feel nothing. You see somebody else with it, mashallah. I don't really, I don't really need it. If it comes, alhamdulillah, Allah gave me this to sit in. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. MashaAllah in this blessed uh, sequence uh, we move on. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een amma ba'd. With these blessed aphorisms uh, we move on today. The one which was supposed to be today was number 20 on page 99. But that's a bit advanced. And I'm going to miss that out for now, come back to it later, once we're building, uh, once we've built up our understanding of this sophisticated uh, system of uh, um, the spirituality and understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that one's a bit complicated. So I'm going to move on to the next one, which, mashallah, is going to really reveal to us some really interesting uh, details about um, something very important. So that's on page 100, and that's number 42 so this is what ibn atayla says it's a bit of a longer one la tarhal min kawnin ila kawnin fatakun kahimari raha yasiru walladhi irtahala ilayhi huwa alladhi irtahala anhu walakin irhal min al-akwani ila al-mukawin wa anna ila rabbika al-muntaha وَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ قَوْلِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَىٰ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَىٰ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَىٰ الدُّنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ إِمْرَأَةٍ يَتَزَوَّجُهَا فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَىٰ مَا هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِ فَافْهَمْ قَوْلَهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ وَتَأَمَّلْ هَذَا الْأَمْرَ إِنْ كُنْتَ ذَا فَهْمٍ وَالسَّلَامُ This is an interesting one. It's one of the few where he actually quotes a full hadith. And this is what he says. See if you can make out what he's talking about. He says, travel not, meaning don't travel from creature to creature, from one creation of Allah to another creation, thinking you're getting somewhere. Uh, he's basically saying that don't go from what you think is a creation of Allah, a despicable aspect of the world. So I'm going to 
go to something else, but then, and you think that's praiseworthy, but it actually ends up being just another creation of Allah. So you've gone from one creation to creation. So what he's saying is go to the creator. So that's what he's saying. So he says, otherwise you will be like a donkey at the mill. The donkey at the mill. The donkey hasn't gone to purchase anything at the mill. What we're talking about is not an electronic mill. We're talking about the original mills, right? Where there was these big stones and there was a, a rod that came out of that that was uh, pushed around by a donkey. So a lot of people say that I then took a 360 turn. When you do a 360 turn, you get back to the same place. So you don't want to do 360s. You want to do a 180 turn. You know, when somebody wants to change their life, they usually say that, oh, he went and did a 360. I said, you end up at the same place. You want to do 180. Like if you're really in a bad place, you want to be in a good place, you'd rather be 180. But anyway, what he's saying here is, otherwise you will be like a donkey at the mill, roundabout he turns, but his goal is the same as his departure. So he's going miles and miles and miles, but he's still ending up at the same place. So that's what we're doing. You're spinning the wheel. It's the same old rat race. You're going from one place to the next, but you're not getting any closer. Rather, go from creatures to the Creator. And then the verse of the Quran, and that, the final end is unto thy Lord. Consider the Prophet's word. Thereafter, he whose flight is for God and his message, meaning he whose emigration. This is the famous hadith of the hijrah, the migration. So Allah, the Prophet said that, Therefore he whose emigration or flight is for Allah and his messenger, then his flight is truly for Allah and his messenger. If you are going to, for example, today, you could say that if you're going to Arabia, Makkah, Mukarramah, Madinah, Munawwara, you're taking a flight. What he means by flight is just flight, fleeing from one place to the next. That's migration, right? So, but we can literally take it as a flight today, right? An airline flight. If you're going there purely for the sake of Allah and His Messenger, then His flight is for Allah and His Messenger. And he whose flight is for worldly gain, you want to go and do some business there. You want to meet up with people. You want to go there to show people that you go for Umrah, so you're a really pious guy. Or for a marriage with a woman, because in the migration there was one man who migrated to Medina because the woman that he wanted to marry went there. So that's why he did it. So he doesn't get the reward for the migration, does he? Which is essentially, you get a reward for going from a bad place to a good place. You actually get reward for doing that. Like if you move somewhere for that, or you just literally leave a place for a while to go somewhere else. So for example, if you go to stay in a masjid for a few days because you want to protect yourself, whether that be in khuruj or tabligh or whatever, or you want to go to a conference that is going to get you close to Allah, that's a mini-migration. It's not the same as the original one, but it's a mini-migration because you're trying to go from a bad place or not so good place to a better place for the sake of Allah, as long as your intention is correct. Then his flight is for that which he flees to. So the author then says, understand his words, upon him be peace. And ponder this matter if you can, and peace unto you as well. So this is rather different from the other ones. It seems like he's ending the chapter, uh, which he does with this one. So now what is he speaking about? So the big theme here is creation and creator. And this is going to be very eye-opening, inshallah. So he says, 
When you're trying to, when, when you get inspired to move to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a lot of things on the way that seem like they're close to Allah, so then you go there. So your ultimate destination, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but in the way there's lots of things that beckon to you, uh, expressing themselves as uh, a better option than where you were. But he's saying that that's still not the ultimate option. Your ultimate option is Allah because everything in between, anything but Allah, is going to be creation as well. So you're going from one creation to the next. It might be a better creation, but it's still creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You'd be shocked what he's talking about though. So he's saying that at the end of the day, going from one place, traveling from the one creation to the other, is that you're trying to go from other than Allah to other than Allah. That is like somebody who abstains from the dunya. He says, look, I want to cut myself from dunya, so I'm not going to indulge as much as I used to. And I want to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what's his purpose for doing that? What he wants to do is correct, but what's the purpose for which he wants to abandon the dunya and he wants to be connected to Allah? Why? Because, mashallah, he's heard a story of the awliya and how Allah blesses them so much and how Allah gifts them so much and bestows on them so much. So that's why he wants to do that. So he's gone from one creation to the next. That's not Allah. That's something else that you're looking for. So he says, he cuts away from the world, he, but the benefit he wants is that he wants calmness. He wants tranquility in his life because the world... When you get obsessed with the world, you get busy, right? You, you, you get immersed in it. And when you hear about the people of Allah, they were relaxed. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the relaxation in this world. I mean, it's not a bad thing if that's what you want. But if you want Allah, then that needs to be a high level. It doesn't mean that these are bad ideas in themselves. They're definitely better than spinning the wheel every day in the same way, for sure. But that's not really the end goal. That's still a... The second step, the final step is not that. That is not your final step. So what you don't want, so uh, all he's looking for is to be relaxed and um, the dunya to come to him. What do you mean the dunya to come to him? Why would the dunya come to you? Because he's heard the hadith, the following hadith. Man in ilallah, whoever cuts away from everything and focuses on Allah, kafahu kullu ma'una, Allah will suffice him of every burden. Allah will make everything easy for you. Your usual burdens of the day and your life, they will be taken care of. And He will provide him from where he never imagined. That's what He wants. See, it's, it's like it's in guise in, of Allah, but that's not what you want. You have to want Allah. He'll give you all of that, but that's not what you should be looking for. You should be looking for Allah. Then He's heard another hadith. Man kanatil akhiratu niyata. Whoever's intention is the hereafter. Jama Allahu alayhi amra. Allah will consolidate all his matters for him. Things will just become easier to deal with. Because the other one is that whoever wants, whoever makes this dunya his objective, he's just going to go from one deed to the next, one action to the next, and he's just going to get confused and going to be busy and engrossed. So this is the opposite of that, that whoever makes akhirah, the hereafter, his intention, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will consolidate his matters altogether. وَجَعَلَ غِنَاهُ فِي قَلْبِهِ And Allah will enrich his heart. So he won't feel the need for the dunya. وَأَتَتْهُ الدُّنْيَا وَهِيَ صَاغِرَةً The dunya will then come to him in humility, in submission. 
How much do you want of me? So he's heard of that. That's really attractive, isn't it? You get it for free. Here you have to toil for it. There you get it for free. Subhanallah. I remember once uh, one uh, big shaykh saying that there's various ways of driving luxury cars. One is you steal them. That's not a really good idea, but that's an option. You know. Another one is, I guess, you try to find a rich friend and you know, he lets you drive it. Uh, number three, you work hard and then you buy one. And number four, you just give everything up, focus on Allah and then somebody will drive you around in one of those. All of that is dunya. Every single one of them is dunya. Just some are better than others, some are worse than others. It's not Allah you're looking for. You're looking that, oh, that shaykh, he gets driven around in these luxury cars. I want to get that as well. Subhanallah. Can you see how that's just dunya at the end of the day? But it's in the guise of the deen. It looks like religion. It looks as a better option. You know, subhanallah. And this is just absolutely so true. Shaitan is there to, de- to deceive. The nafs is there because the nafs loves these kind of things. You only reach Allah when these things, if they come, great. If they don't come, absolutely no problem. If come, you appreciate it. If they don't come, you feel nothing. You see somebody else with it, mashallah. I don't really, I don't really need it. If it comes, alhamdulillah, Allah gave me this to sit in. So with all of that, you learn, you're like, oh, that's a really good outcome. I don't mind doing that. That's just creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or another option is that you see that the awliya, they, they are well respected. People just, uh, mashallah, really respect and honor them. So a person avoids, start avoiding the dunya because he's looking for special position. You want people to turn towards you. You want honor. You want to cause uh, haybah and awe in people's hearts. You want them to respect you. Or you abstain from the world because you're looking for miracles to happen to you. You know, you hear about certain awliya that they can do some unusual things. So you want to start doing some unusual things. Or you do this because then you want those palaces and big houses and big assets and things like that to come to you. He says, all of this at the end of the the day is rahilun min kawnin ila kawn. This is just a journey from one creation to another creation because all of that is a creation of Allah. So then that's when he strikes the example to really drive the point home and it's a wonderful example. He says, فَمِثْلُهُ كَحِمَارِ الطَّاحُونَ His example is like that donkey of the mill who's employed just to go round and round and round all day. يَسِيرُ اللَّيْلَ nahar goes night and day, travels around but he's still in the same place. He ends up and he's in the same place. But he thinks he's gotten somewhere. Thinks that he's actually accomplished something. For himself, no. Maybe for the miller, yes. But not for himself. The only thing that you get out of that is that he gets tired. This poor donkey gets tired. Shaykh Abul Hassan says, Stand by the one door, not so that multiple doors open for you, and then multiple doors will open for you. 
What an amazing statement that is. Stand at that one door, not so that other doors open for you, but then they will open for you. But that's not your objective. Go and submit yourself to that one master. Not so that others and will bow down in front of you. But then they will. They will submit to you. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِن مِّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا عِنْدَنَا خَزَائِنُ Allah has the treasures of everything. There's nothing except that Allah has its treasures. Allah has its abundant supply and everything related to it. So, uh, O people who, O person who is seriously looking for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your focus, your aspiration should only be for the majestic Lord. So, go from viewing all of these created things towards just being witnessing, towards just witnessing the great Lord of yours. Go from all of these things where you're looking for evidences to prove this and to convince you and to make you certain to getting to the level where you can actually experience Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't need evidence anymore. You're just so at an experiential level that you don't have to worry about anything. And that is what Allah says, وَأَنَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ الْمُنْتَهَىٰ To Allah is your final end anyway. Whether you like it or not, we're going to eventually end there. You may as well end with Him in the world so that it's easier in the hereafter. Allah make it easy. Don't go from one creation to the next. Because all you're doing is that you're just sacrificing one love of the heart for another love of that soul. So this is something you love, okay, I don't want this. But then you want that one because it's just in a better guise. Of course, you can use this as a stepping stone. But again, you have to remember that's not my objective. Because if you think that's your objective, that's what the objective of the awliya is. That that's what they wanted, no. Again, that's just another fitna on the road. And then he says that, um, what a beautiful example he gives, uh, meaning Ibn Ata'illah gives with the donkey. He could have used the horse, couldn't he? Could have used another animal, could have used a human being going around. Why does he use a donkey? Because the donkey still doesn't get it, does he? Because a donkey is a donkey. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a creation of Allah, but, you know, a donkey is dumb. Dalilun ala baladatihi wa qillati fahmihi. A donkey is known to be a donkey. That just says it all, doesn't it? I mean, the donkey might be actually superior to us if we don't die as believers anyway. So I want to just say that. But just to strike that example, I, you know, I put down the donkey, but I don't mean to. Because really, I have respect for the donkey. I have respect for every animal. What Allah created as a creation of Allah in that sense. Right? They all, they all serve a purpose at the end of the day. For that, as a creation of Allah, I respect it. Of course, then you have some bad animals and so on, and there's a purpose for each of them. Otherwise, I can't consider myself stronger, really. Because only if we die as a believer, then inshallah we're better than that donkey or that dog. Otherwise, the dog doesn't go to hellfire. We will, if we mess up. So how can you think yourself better in that sense? So don't just go to another creation like you. They're all creation just like you. But go to the Creator, because to Allah ends everything. And uh, usually there's two ways, multiple ways for, to get from creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly. The first one is knowledge. 
If you didn't know this, a lot of people don't know this. They think that's it, that's my objective. Alhamdulillah, I've become like that. But when you know, knowledge is everything. When you know, then you can aspire. When you don't know, you don't know. You know, like we've had the discourse in the last few sessions where it's talking about the level of ikhlas and sincerity. That one is where you just think that you're doing it for the reward and that's a great thing and it is a great thing but then you realize that there's a level above that which is that you're not doing it for the reward you're actually doing it for Allah himself so it doesn't the reward ultimately doesn't matter even though you're definitely going to get it but if you'd never know about that and you just focused on reward all your life that's shortcoming are you to blame well you should know more about it it's the knowledge is important the Prophet said it multiple times. He said that your actions are not going to take you to paradise. Shouldn't that tell you something? But I'm doing all of these actions and I think they're going to take me to paradise. The Prophet said, no, it's Allah's grace that is going to take you to paradise. Sahih Hadith is telling you that. Of course, the action is what gets you the grace of Allah. He's just trying to say, do the action, but don't rely on the action. Rely on the grace of Allah. Make him happy. So there's multiple things. Number one, I believe, is knowledge. You have to, and Allah is giving us this knowledge, and we thank Allah for that, because otherwise we wouldn't have known. Allah reward the author. Allah reward all of those who've allowed this to happen. Number two, focus entirely on Allah eventually. I mean, it takes time to cut away from everything, because we've got attachments to too many things. Literally, we have attachments to millions of things in this world. Like everything, from our bedding, when we get up in the morning, to the water that we use, to the hot water that we use, right? to the toothbrush, to the food we have for breakfast, to the car, our clothing. We have attachment to all of these things. And we're going to have to have some kind of association with them. We just have to turn that association into an ultimate reality, which is that we're doing everything for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So turn and focus your aspiration away from all of these things until eventually... Allah can look into your heart and not find any love in there except Him or anything for His sake. Ultimately, that's what you want to do. I know that's going to be a journey, but it's not impossible. Insha'Allah, it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible for Allah. It starts off with knowledge, then it starts off with dua and aspiration. Number two, he says, you must constantly turn to Allah. You must constantly resort to Allah. You must constantly take uh, refuge in Allah. You must constantly know that it's only Allah who can help you. And seek assistance from Once you've said I worship you, then for you is who I seek assistance. From you is whom I seek assistance. You say that every day in Salat, right? That's our dua every day. And then you rely on Him. So firstly, as He says, you turn to him in everything, you seek assistance from him, you rely upon him, and you just submit to him in everything he sends to you. La ilaha illallah. Now, look, look this is it. Shaykh Abul Hassan uh, Shadri, he says, there's four things. If anybody has these four things, people will be in need of you. People will turn to you. Number one, if you become independent from everything, which means that you don't really, you don't, express your need for anything you get your necessities no doubt but you're not greedy for anything right you'll get uh, and if you uh, that's if you have that number two you have love for Allah number three you feel enriched only by Allah which basically means that 
you think that anything you need only can come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he's the only enricher because he's the ghani and mughni, nobody else. And you have sidq, you're absolutely truthful, you have conviction in Allah, you're truthful in your servitude, and you're absolutely convinced with regards to all Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's lordly commands, then people are going to be in need of you. But that's not why you're getting there. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حُكْمًا لِقَوْمِ يُوقِنُونَ Who better is their judge? You know, for the people who, especially for the people who have belief and conviction in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, uh, Ibn Ata'ilah, he uses that hadith then, the famous hadith of Niyyah. So he says that, look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, that anybody who's going to migrate, because you know in those days migration was a big thing. Here today it's easier for us to migrate from this country than it was for them to migrate. Do you know why? At least the majority, if not everybody sitting here, uh, wasn't, uh, their forefather was not here probably over a hundred years ago. This is a new place. Ask those people whose families have been there for hundreds of years. Their grandfather, their, their father was there, grandfather, great-grandfather, everybody was there, their whole family's there. And they have to leave that place, that's much more tough than us. That's much more tougher than us because that's your heritage. That's all you know. You hardly know anything else and you have to go leaving all that behind. That's much more tough than us moving from one place to the next, believe me. Allah give us stability but still. So it was a big deal and there had to be a big reward that Allah gave for it. So people wanted to do it and they wanted to do it purely because it's a massive undertaking. You don't want to mess that intention up. Otherwise, you've done all of that toil. You've deprived yourself. You've uh, literally sacrificed everything behind. For what then? For something else that you're only going to get in this world and you're not going to get the benefits of it. It wasn't worth it. That's why this hadith is such a landmark narration that it starts off everything. Your intention is what's important. So then he says that if your intention is for Allah's Messenger, then that is your intention. You know what your intention is. Don't cry in the hereafter when you don't get something. If your intention was to please somebody or acquire something or be called X, Y, and Z. It's not easy to leave your family home. It's not easy to leave your heritage. So there's multiple types of, there's multiple types of migration that you can do. That's the big one. But to go from a place of disobedience where you just got bad company, you're part of a drug dealing uh, you know, system, there's no way you can get out of that. I mean, I've talked to drug dealers, they can't get out of that if they stay in that same area. They've got too many, uh, too many associates who are, who've got something for them or against them. You just can't get out of that. There's so many people, they go to, pra uh, they go to jail, come back, they go back into the same thing. They have to go somewhere else. That's just an example. That's just an example. Your circle of friends are, unless you're a leader and you can change the people around you, most people aren't. Your circle of friends are your doom then, if they're bad. So that's why you have to go from that place of disobedience to a place of obedience. And you go from a place of, uh, they may not be bad, but people are just heedless in your area. Go get associate. Nowadays it's easier because you can get hooked online with the right kind of people. Otherwise, if you're just going to hang around people who are heedless, all they're worrying about, you know, is, um, I don't know, renovating the house, you know, or decorating something or going out to eat or going to another party or going to another, you know, holiday or whatever. That's heedlessness. That's just heedless. It's just it's competition. That's what it is. 
you need to go to a place that is full of wake, uh, people who are awake and conscious. Then you'll start getting conscious. It, it, humans love to copy others and they learn from others. La ilaha illallah. You need to go from just forms to the real spirit, to look for that spirit. And your purpose in all of that should be that ultimately you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want to gain the recognition. You want to know your Lord before you have to face Him in the hereafter. To know His kindness and so on. Then eventually, if that's your case, then inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will get you there. According to you, Allah says, I am with my servant however he thinks of me. Very pertinent narration there. Otherwise, you'll get what you want maybe. You'll be, you'll be successful in getting in the dunya what you want. But then that's just the benefit of that is restricted to this world. 50, 60, 70 years maybe. You'll really enjoy it. Maybe. But what are you going to do in the hereafter for eternity afterwards if what you did in this world doesn't accomplish both of these things? So be smart. Do things that get you comfort in this world, but mainly in the hereafter. So that's why he says, فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى مَا هَاجَرَ His migration and his flight is for whatever he has migrated towards. So check yourself out. Look into your heart. Introspect yourself. And check your nafs and see that do you have anything in there that you're still focusing on something else? You still have love for other things? I guess we probably do because we've got multiple ties with multiple things in this world. Inshallah, slowly, slowly we can cut those ties and tie them with Allah and then those same things maybe unless they're bad and evil things we can be tied with those things for the right reason Allah is not telling you to become a loner Allah is not telling you to become some kind of elite uh, sob, you know, religious kind of uh, snob or something no that's not how you're supposed to be it's just that you're supposed to interact with everything for the sake of Allah rather than for your own sake and you only do that and the reason for that is very simple. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very guardingly jealous. Very protectively jealous. Meaning, if you're going to claim to be His, then He doesn't want you messing around with anybody else. Just like humans are, but Allah is extreme. And He has the right to be. Because He gives everything. So, He's very guardingly envious. It's just a difficult word to translate. But in Arabic, it's ghayur. That's the word in Arabic. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just so independent you mess around and you bring somebody else into the picture Allah doesn't want to know unless you come back to him then he's, he's, he's there again for you so Allah doesn't love it when anybody seeks out anything other than Allah when he's saying that he's looking for Allah now if you're saying you're looking for something else no problem that doesn't mean it's a good thing but it's just that at least you're not trying to deceive Allah because Allah can't be deceived. So um, that's why somebody puts this in a poem in Arabic. It says, "In turid waslana famautuka shartun, la yanalul wisala man fihi fadla." He says, "If you want to get to us, to reach us, to attain us, then your death is necessary. Meaning, your death from everything else is necessary. Nobody can reach." who has some excess with somebody else. That's why um, one of the shuyukh, whose name was Shaykh al-Yazidi, he says, Rahimahullah, he says that, in aradtum an ta'rifu hal rahalt anfusakum min hadhal, hal rahalat actually anfus, anfusukum min hadhal alam ila alam al-malakut. If you want to recognize whether your nafs has traveled from its love of worldly, uh, you know, obsessions uh, towards 
the, the, the higher world or that you haven't traveled, then just after you think you've gotten somewhere, like, you know, you've made an effort and then you think you've gotten somewhere. Now what you do is, what are those past uh, desires you had or past indulgences you had? Put them in front of you. How do you feel? Do you still want them? If you do, it means you haven't really gone anywhere. Meaning you're not there yet. And if you're like, no, I don't want them. I don't care about them. Genuinely, I don't care about them. Then, then you're getting somewhere. So he says that if you find that you eventually don't crave for them anymore, فَاسْتَبْشِرُوا So now you can seek glad tidings. فَقَدْ رَحَلَتْ أَرْوَاحُكُمْ إِلَىٰ عَالَمِ الْمَلَكُوتِ Then that means your souls have truly traveled now and gone from uh, these immersions uh, into these oceans of the world to the higher oceans. And he says if you still find that you still have some attachment, just put some more effort in. Make an effort to distract yourself and go. And then when you truly find the sweetness, halawat al-iman, then after that all of these things will wane. Sounds very far-fetched. Sounds very difficult actually. But slowly, slowly is what does it. And again, it starts with knowledge. Then it starts with effort. Then inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our efforts from us. I'm going to read to you what uh, Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi sums it up as, The true goal of the seeker of Allah is Allah himself. The seeker's gaze must be focused on his master in everything. The purpose of all the acts of worship, invocation, du'as and efforts is the diversion of the seeker's gaze from all things beside Allah so that the heart, heart becomes absorbed in the invocation of Allah himself. Although the seeker's goal of reward, lofty ranks and acquisition of spiritual pleasure is lawful, that's okay. He's not saying that's haram for you to become like the wali of Allah at least. That's better than where you are for sure. Don't get that wrong. You can't jump, usually. You could maybe. But just don't think that's your last goal. That's a stepping stone only. That's not where you want to end. So he said, it is lawful. However, he has not yet attained the true rank of a completely spiritual, uh, complete spiritual aspirant because he is still not totally focused on his Lord. Yet if he abandons everything and fixes his spiritual gaze on Allah Most High, then this will be the goal that he attains. Allah will give it to you. Allah is not going to let you out in the cold. Allah is some that you call unto him, he, he, he listens. Unlike other people that if they're just selfish or they don't care, they're not going to look at you. They might, you know, if you really get them convinced. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very easy to convince as long as we show sincerity. If a man of the world abandons the world, engrossing himself in a variety of spiritual efforts to convey to others that he is a man of piety and a saint, he has in fact abandoned one object of creation to involve himself in just another one. In other words, he has abandoned wealth for the sake of name and fame instead. It is clear that those whose acclaim he seeks are all creation. Are all creation. They say that there was a righteous man not a scholar, they'd done a lot of worship, became very well known. And to a certain degree, he started worshipping so much more, he wouldn't even come out. They say that he used to come out once a year. He used to come out once a year. And because he came out once a year, he was a celebrity. So on that day that he usually used to come out and reveal himself, there used to be thousands a mass of people waiting for the hero, the star, the influencer, whatever you want to call it. So he used to come out, look at everybody, they used to look at him and he used to go back for another year. 
Allahu Akbar. They, they say in you know the lessons that if you want to gain influence, don't make yourself so cheap. Uh, play hard to get. That increases your value, they say. So he really did it once a year. So there was somebody, one of the rulers of the local area, he was like really interested in this guy, he must be so pious or whatever. So he went and asked another sheikh, he said, you know, what do you think, can I, he wanted him to do something, so he said, let me, let's, you know, if you really want to test him, this is what you do. The next time it's his day to come out, just cordon off the area of his sight so that nobody can get close. So they can gather but like a mile away, right? So he can't see anybody when he comes out. That's the way you're going to test him. So when that day came, he came out and there's nobody there. They've all been stopped like a distance away. He gave a shriek and he fell and fainted from what I remember. Because ultimately that's what he was doing it for. He couldn't take it. Subhanallah. That's, that's a really scary story when I heard it, to be honest. I heard it from our shaykh. It was just very scary, that story was. It's pride and arrogance and love is just so in the, so ingrained, it's so subtle. Allah help us. I mean, I know that I have issues. Like, I don't even claim. That's just easier so that we can work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك في هذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا من لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات Ya Allah, we ask you for your special mercies. We ask you for your forgiveness. Oh Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, we ask you from your generosity, your benevolence, your grace. Oh Allah, we ask you for your special attention. We ask you for your love. Oh Allah, we ask you for your closeness. Oh Allah, we ask you for your closeness. Oh Allah, both in this world and the hereafter. Oh Allah, we ask you, we ask you to allow us to be connected to you. O oh Allah, not just in name, not just in belief, but in action and in our souls. And O oh Allah, allow us to be focused entirely on you. And if we're focused on anything else, then it's for your sake. O oh Allah, make us do everything for your sake and nothing for other than your sake. O oh Allah, grant us sincerity and ikhlas. O oh Allah, grant us the ability to focus entirely on you and forgive us our wrongdoings, our delays, our procrastination, our negligence, our laziness, Ya Allah, protect and forgive our laziness, O oh Allah, forgive us our laziness, forgive us for not having turned to you sooner, O oh Allah, we are closer to our death, all the number of years that we have passed in this life in indulgence, O oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us for it, O oh Allah, we know that we can't show you much, we can't express much. We can't do much, we can't perform much, but we know that your mercy is greater than anybody's mercy. Oh Allah, it's greater than the mercies of our mothers. It is greater than the mercies of all the mothers in this world. That's why we can turn to you and we can even seek this from you because we know that you love those who ask and you get angry on those who don't ask. 
So Allah, that's, that is the reason why we're asking you. Oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us our wrongdoings, especially those that are bringing problems in our life, that are bringing troubles, that are bringing difficulties, that are, that are, taking, that are taking away the comfort from our lives and that is bringing all the mental health issues that uh, people are suffering from, that is turning people against one another, that is breaking families apart, that is turning people against one another and removing any sweetness in our faith and removing any sweetness of this life completely. Oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness from all of these things. We also ask you forgiveness from those sins that have now become part of the life, of, of our life and we indulge them in them and we don't even think that they're wrong anymore and even we are defensive about them oh Allah grant us true knowledge and grant us because for you it's just the decision you have to take but for us it's a lifelong effort that we have to make oh Allah make this easy for us oh Allah make this easy for us and oh Allah we ask you to sustain and remove from oppression our brothers and sisters around the world that are dealing with that kind of oppression that you protect us and our families and especially our children and progeny until the day of judgment from all the evil and challenges which are out there day by day they increase and oh Allah allow us to uh, sort ourselves out before we pa we die before we pass away and allow us to drink from the hands of your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and allow us to meet you and see you and be happy about it and you be happy about meeting us in the hereafter and grant us jannatul firdaus grant us your love and grant us your affection and grant us your vision oh Allah except from us subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam, and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.